Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode nine. Glad that you could be back again. You have almost made it through two weeks on the podcast. Fantastic job. Today we're going to be looking at a theme in one sense of how one can trust God. We'll hear a story of people who are trusting or not trusting God and how we in the end can, as we see Jesus, know that he is the ultimate trustworthy one. Let's begin with Genesis 24. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in everything. Abraham said to his servant, the senior one of his household, who was in charge of everything he had, Put your hand under my thigh, so that I may make you promise solemnly by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth. You must not acquire a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living. You must go instead to my country and to my relatives to find a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, What if the woman is not willing to come back with me to this land? Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Be careful never to take my son back there, Abraham told him. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and the land of my relatives, promised me with a solemn oath. He said, To your descendants I will give you this land. He will send his angel before you, so that you may find a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to come back with you, you will be free from this oath of mine. But you must also not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of his master Abram and gave his solemn promise he would carry out his wishes. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed with all kinds of gifts from his master at his disposal. He journeyed to the region of Aram Narahayim and the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down by the well outside the city. It was evening, the time when the women would go out to draw water. He prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, guide me today. Be faithful to my master Abraham. Here I am, standing by the spring, and the daughters of the people who live in the town are coming out to draw water. I will say to a young woman, Please lower your jar so that I may drink. May the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac reply, Drink, and I'll give your camels water too. In this way I will know that you have been faithful to my master. Before he had finished praying, there came Rebekah with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah. Milcah was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. Now the young woman was very beautiful. She was a virgin. No man had ever been physically intimate with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came back up. Abraham's servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a zip of water from your jug. Drink, my lord, she replied, and quickly lowered her jug to her hands. She gave him a drink. When she had done so, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have drunk as much as they want. She quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw more water until she had drawn enough for all his camels. Silently, the man watched her with interest to determine if the Lord had made his journey successful or not. 
After the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold wrist bracelets weighing ten shekels and gave them to her. Whose daughter are you? he asked. Tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom Milcah bore to Nahor. We have plenty of straw and feed, she added, and room for you to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his faithful love for my master. The Lord has led me to the house of my master's relatives. The young woman ran and told her mother's household all about these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban. Laban rushed out to meet the man at the spring. When he saw the bracelets on his sister's wrists and the nose ring and had heard his sister say, This is what the man said to me, he went out to meet the man. There he was, standing by the camels near the spring. Laban said to him, Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, why are you standing out here when I have prepared the house and a place for the camels? So Abraham's servant went to the house and unloaded the camels. Straw and feed were given to the camels, and water was provided, so that he and the men who were with him could wash their feet. When food was served, he said, I will not eat until I have said what I want to say. Tell us, Laban said. I am the servant of Abraham, he began. The Lord has richly blessed my master, and he has become very wealthy. The Lord has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. My master's wife Sarah bore a son to him when she was very old, and my master has given him everything he owns. My master made me swear an oath. He said, You must not acquire a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living, but you must go to the family of my father and to my relatives to find a wife for my son. But I said to my master, What if the woman does not want to go with me? He answered, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you. He will make your journey a success, and you will find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. You'll be free from your oath if you go to my relatives, and they will not give her to you. Then you'll be free from your oath. When I came to the spring today, I prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you have decided to make my journey successful, may events unfold as follows. Here I am standing by the spring. When the young woman goes out to draw water, I'll say, Please give me a little water to drink from your jug. Then she will reply to me, Drink, and I'll draw water for your camels too. May that woman be the woman whom the Lord has chosen for my master's son. Before I finished praying in my heart, along came Rebecca with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, drink, and I'll give your camels water too. So I drank, and she also gave the camels water. Then I asked her, whose daughter are you? She replied, the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Nahor, whom Milcah bore to Nahor. I put a ring in her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. Then I bowed down and worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me on the right path to find the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you will show faithful love to my master, tell me. But if not, tell me as well, so that I may go on my way. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, This is the Lord's doing. Our wishes are of no concern. Rebekah stands here before you. Take her and go, so that she may become the wife of your master's son just as the Lord has decided.
When Abraham's servant heard these words, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. Then he brought out gold, silver, jewelry, and clothing, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave valuable gifts to her brother and to her mother. After this, he and the men who were with him ate a meal and stayed there overnight. When they got up in the morning, he said, Let me leave now so I can return to my master. But Rebekah's brother and her mother replied, Let the girl stay with us a few more days, perhaps ten. Then she can go. But he said to them, Don't detain me. The Lord has granted me success on my journey. Let me leave now so I may return to my master. Then they said, We'll call the girl and find out what she wants to do. So they called Rebekah and asked her, Do you want to go with this man? She replied, I want to go. So they sent her their sister Rebekah on her way, accompanied by her female attendant, with Abraham's servant and his men. They blessed Rebekah with these words, Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands. May your descendants possess the strongholds of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her female servants mounted the camels and rode away with the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac came from Beer Lahai, Roy, where he was living in the Negev. He went out to relax in the field in the early evening. Then he looked up and saw there that there were camels approaching. Rebekah looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked Abraham's servant, Who is that man walking in the field toward us? That is my master, the servant replied. So she took her veil and covered herself. The servant told Isaac everything that had happened. Then Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother Sarah's tent. He took her as his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Abraham had taken another wife named Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Juxan, Medan, Median, Ishbak, and Shua. Juxan became the father of Sheba and Dedim. The descendants of Dedim were Asherites, Latushites, and Lemuites. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abide, and Alda. All these were descendants of Keturah. Everything he owned, Abraham left to his son Isaac. But while he was still alive, Abraham gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to the east, away from his son Isaac. Abraham lived a total of 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age. An old man who had lived a full life, he joined his ancestors. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite. This was the field Abraham had purchased from the sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried with his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac. Isaac lived near Beer Lahai Roy. This is the account of Abraham's son Ishmael, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's servant, bore to Abraham. These are the names of Ishmael's sons, by the na- their names according to their records. Naboth, Ishmael's firstborn, Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hada, Tema, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedema. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names by their settlements and their camps, twelve princes according to their clans. Ishmael lived a total of 137 years. He breathed his last and died. Then he joined his ancestors. His descendants settled from Havilah to Shur, which runs next to Egypt, all the way to Asher. They settled away from all their relatives. This is the account of Isaac, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac. 
When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, from Padaram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. But the children struggled inside her, and she said, What is happening to me? So she asked the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples will be separated from within you. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for Rebekah to give birth, there were twins in her womb. The first came out reddish all over, like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. When his brother came out with his hand clutching Esau's heel, they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skilled hunter, a man of the open fields, but Jacob was an even-tempered man living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for fresh game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked some stew, and when Esau came in from the open fields, he was famished. So Esau said to Jacob, feed me some of the red stuff. Yes, this red stuff, because I'm starving. That is why he's also called Edom. But Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, said Esau, I'm about to die. What use is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear an oath to me now. So Esau swore an oath to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate and drank, then got up and went out. So Esau despised his birthright. And now we'll continue with Psalm 4. For the music director to be accompanied by string instruments, a psalm of David. When I call out, answer me, O God, who vindicates me. Though I am hemmed in, you will lead me into a wide open place. Have mercy on me and respond to my prayer. You men, how long will you try to turn my honor into shame? How long will you love what is worthless and search for what is deceptive? Realize that the Lord shows the godly special favor. The Lord responds when I cry out to him. Tremble with fear and do not sin. Meditate as you lie in bed and repent of your ways. Offer the prescribed sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Many will say, who can show us anything good? Smile upon us, O Lord. Make me happier than those who have abundant grain and wine. I will lie down and sleep peacefully, for you, Lord, make me safe and secure. And finishing today's podcast with Mark chapter 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them alone up on a high mountain privately. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiantly white, more than a launderer in the world could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared before them along with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. So Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For they were afraid, and they didn't know what to say. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came from the cloud. It said, This is my dear son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore except Jesus. As they were coming down from the mountain, he gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept this statement to themselves, discussing what this rising from the dead meant. Then they asked him, Why do the experts in the law say that Elijah must come first? He said to them, Elijah does indeed come first and restores all things. And why is it written that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be despised? But I tell you that Elijah has certainly come, 
and they did to him whatever they wanted, just as it was written about him. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and experts in the law arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran at once and greeted him. He asked them, What are you arguing about? A member of the crowd said to him, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that makes him mute. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they were not able to do so. He answered them, You unbelieving generation, how much longer must I be with you? How much longer must I endure you? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. It has often thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Then Jesus said to him, If you are able, all things are possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the boy cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Now when Jesus saw that a crowd was quickly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. It shrieked, threw him into a terrible convulsion, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, He is dead. But Jesus gently took his hand and raised him to his feet, and he stood up. Then, after he went into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we cast it out? He told them, This kind can only come out by prayer. They went out from there and passed through Galilee. But Jesus did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man will be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the statement and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum. After Jesus was inside the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. After he sat down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, because no one who does a miracle in my name will be able soon afterward to say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. For I tell you the truth, whoever gives a cup of water because you bear Christ's name will never lose his reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a huge millstone tied around his neck and be thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than to have two hands and go into hell, to the unquenchable fire. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God than with one eye than have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? 
have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. That brings us to the end of our podcast again today, and I hope that one of the thoughts that maybe came to your head would be seeing how God is faithful in all these stories and how he is the one you can trust no matter what, even when, as Jesus says, there is a cost. And the reason that's true and the reason that's possible is because you see how glorious and amazing Jesus truly is. And I hope and pray that that's something that's becoming more and more real in your life and mine. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. 